Welcome to the Word of Christ, sermons from Pastor Sean Denzer, pastor of Trinity Lutheran Church in Great Bend, North Dakota, and Peace Lutheran Church in Barney, North Dakota. The third reading is from the Holy Gospel of St. John, the 20th chapter. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. When He had said this, He showed them His hands and His side. And then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent Me, even so I am sending you. And when He had said this, He breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of anyone, they are forgiven. If you withhold forgiveness from anyone, it is withheld. Now Thomas, one of the twelve, called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the hands in the marks of the nails, put my finger into the marks of the nails, and place my hand into his side, I will never believe. Eight days later, his disciples were inside again, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. See my hands. Put out your hand and place it into my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. And Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples which are not written in this book. But these things are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And that by believing, you may have life in His name. Alleluia! Christ is risen! In the aftermath of the Easter Day bombings in Sri Lanka this week, the internet and the social media quickly got past all of the grisly reality of sorrow and death and on to what it considers most real in this life, political posturing. At the center of it all was the strange new term you might have heard coined for the victims of that bombing as Easter worshipers. Now that term doesn't really fit us very well, I suppose. For this reason, we don't worship Easter. We worship Christ, true God and man, risen bodily from the dead. The disciples rejoice and are glad only once they have seen the scars. Thomas demands, and Jesus is very willing to offer, to see and to touch these wounds. And that, in and of itself, is not evil or faithless. For if it is not the same Jesus, the very same living body that was dead three days earlier, cold and lifeless in the tomb, then there is no cause to be glad. No need for any worship and no point to Easter. 
If Christ be not raised, our faith is in vain, and we are still in our sins. We're the most to be pitied. But, indeed, now Christ is risen from the dead. He is the first fruits of all who sleep. He comes forth revealing the wounds that have made our peace with God. And He comes declaring the very same message. Peace be with you. I forgive you all your sins. Now we do not worship Easter. That name, Easter, which is pretty unique to English or to German, it isn't even a terribly important word to us as Christians. Though many have repeated it across the internet and on the History Channel, the origins of our high feast, Easter, have absolutely nothing to do with pagan Germanic festivals or ancient false gods with similar-sounding names like Aostra or Astara or anything like that. The feast that we celebrate comes from the Passover. And its original name in all languages and in all places was Pascha, Passover. Just as we heard last Sunday in the epistle, Christ our Passover has been sacrificed for us. That is why we keep the feast. We worship Him, the Lamb. We worship Christ. And what is more, it is He who comes into our midst. It is not we who gather to worship and to call upon Him and see if He will come down. No, He gathers us together around His Word and around His name and around His sacrament so that He might bestow His peace on us. But now consider this, that we might also be willing to set aside our offense and maybe even bear with this term Easter worshipers. And I think we could also wear it with some honor as well. Because you've heard today in the Gospel reading, eight days later, the disciples were again gathered, Thomas being with them this time. And Christ came again and appeared to them, bringing His peace. From Christ's resurrection to the next Sunday to the next first day of the next week, Christ's disciples keep gathering together in His peace. That's what we see all through the Bible. That's what we know from all of the 2,000 years of Christian history since Christ's resurrection. We do it too. And we do it just like Justin Martyr explained it so well to his detractors in his day in the year 100. Think about that. That's only 70 years after Jesus died and rose. He said this, Sunday is the day on which we all hold our common assembly because it is the first day on which God made the world and Jesus Christ our Savior on the same day rose from the dead. He was crucified on the day before Saturday and on the day after Saturday, which is Sunday, having appeared to His apostles and disciples, He taught them these things, which we have submitted to you also for your consideration. 
Sunday after Sunday, every eighth day, we gather without fail, convenient for us or not, in honor of the resurrection of Christ. So in this sense, maybe yes, we are Easter worshipers. But, and this, dear saints, is a severe criticism of us. Christians are not mere Easter worshipers. I suspect that is what bothers many of us about that term. It's the implication that some of the victims who died in Sri Lanka last week in those bombings probably were only killed because it was Easter. As if it were not Easter, then there wouldn't have been so many people to be killed. That's our experience, and shame on us for us. In America, that would certainly be true. If you want to kill as many Christians as possible, you have to do it on Easter, and you'd kill hardly anyone the next week. We break our attendance records only for one day out of the year, it seems. But that is not such a grand, happy thing. It's a pretty shameful one. For where are all those people today? Is this not Sunday also? Is this not also the day of Christ's resurrection? Is He dead again this week? It was a shame that Thomas was found or was not found with the disciples that first Easter. Notice, he did not make the mistake again. Now we have all of our jokes as Christians about Christers, the people who come on Christmas and Easter, or CEOs, the people who come on Christmas and Easter and other occasions. But that's not very funny. And it's a rather severe misunderstanding of what Christianity is. To treat one day as holier than all the others, that is not required of us in the New Testament. We observe the church year with its feasts out of our freedom. And any holiness that our calendar has come to have has that holiness because of the Word of God that is preached on that day, not somehow from those days themselves. What is more, Sunday, Easter, if you will. These are not designed to be once-a-year festivals at all. Far before there was an Easter celebration, there was Sunday. Easter was every week. We all gather on Sunday each and every week to celebrate the resurrection. Now you see the great logic behind what the church has done and what our confessions have said, that we also ought to keep the feast each week also on Sunday. Now it's true, we bear a much more glorious name than Easter worshipers. And we should expect others to use it and to call us Christians, for so we are. But don't we need to represent that name of Christ also? That's the meaning of the first petition of the Lord's Prayer. Hallowed be thy name. That God's name is to be kept holy among us, praised and honored in us through the faithful preaching and the confession of His truth, the gathering of Christians to do that, 
and in our holy living, which is at all times. This idea of an Easter worshiper, especially someone who only comes once a year or few times a year, this is foolish to Christians in the rest of the world. And remember, they are much poorer than us. They are much less entertained than we are. Therefore, we must admit they are much more devoted to our risen Christ than we are. What happened in Sri Lanka was nothing special for them. That's what they are doing each and every Sunday, as we ought to also. And if they are killed, whether it is Easter or whether it is Quasimodo or any other day of the year, they are fine with it. They are glad to be with their Lord. They believe in the resurrection of the dead. Indeed, that is the very thing that's driven home and ought to be for each of us in our confirmation vows. We won't get to hear them again this year because we don't have a class being confirmed this year. But you should remember yours. According to one report I heard, some of the victims in Sri Lanka had just uttered their confirmation vows and received the Blessed Sacrament for the first time before they were blown to bits. They said these words that you have said also. I promise to suffer all, even death, rather than fall away from the confession of Jesus Christ. That is a weighty promise. It's one that must be made with an intrepid heart. Christian martyrdom is real. It is not something that only happened 70 years after Jesus died or in His day. It happens more in the 20th and the 21st century than in any of the centuries before. It is as real as flesh and blood. And it is real as the true resurrection of Jesus Christ. Martyrdom is not hollow. It is not plastic like our hunting eggs. It is not cheap or half-melted in your pocket like our chocolates. It is not brightly colored and sugary fluff. Everyone who is baptized is already baptized into Christ's death. That means that we all have to come to grips with the very true possibility and necessity of also being united with Him in a death that is like His. But we expect to be united in a resurrection like His also. And that is how Easter worship can continue. Yes, even the very next Sunday after brutal murders. That is how you can tell your boss or your coach, if you force me to choose, then I must choose the divine service and my church over the hours that I can have or the game. Paul wrote that though we are appointed like sheep for the slaughter, yet we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. Normal, normal conquerors have to win. They have to survive. And they have to please others. 
That is not us as Christians. We die. We lose. We face hatred. Sometimes we don't even get the dignity of being called our real and true name in the paper and on Twitter. So what? We will rise from the dead. We have, even now, eternal life. We follow the divine man who has beaten death, my Lord and my God. What are we afraid of? We are Christians by God's grace. Easter worshipers, perhaps, but just as much Good Friday worshipers, Holy Thursday worshipers, definitely Quasimodo Genity worshipers. We are newborn infants, born from above in the waters of holy baptism, and that is why we come crying, singing, craving the pure spiritual milk of God's Word and His blessed sacrament. Our Lord is risen, and He is present with His church week in and week out. Locked doors, burned roofs, broken fans, bombs and blood. Do not stop Him. Death itself could not hold Him. Hell could not handle Him. It spit Him out like the whale spit out Jonah. He is alive. He is bearing His blessed marks of salvation to us, bringing the life-giving fruits of His wounds to our lips, washing us in the water from His pierced side, and bringing the blessings of His Word, the blessing of His peace that brings order in the midst of all this world's chaos. And is that not the very word that our divine service hinges on? Peace. When the risen body and blood of Jesus Christ are held up before your eyes to make us glad and to invite us who do not see, yet to believe and to taste and see that our Lord is good, what is it that is said to us? These very words. The peace of the Lord be with you. And it's not just on Easter. But the peace of the Lord be with you always. Every eight days at a minimum. My Lord and my God, how our brethren in Sri Lanka have shown us what is really important. My Lord and my God, how Thomas and the eleven have taught us what truly brings gladness and comfort and peace. Remember, dear saints, who has given you your name, Christians. And do not be afraid what man can do to you. Alleluia. Christ is risen. Amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding Keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Thank you for listening to The Word of Christ. You can find more sermons at verbachristi.blogspot.com 
And if you have need to contact Pastor Denzer, you can email him at pastor at denzer.org. That's P-A-S-T-O-R at D-A-E-N-Z-E-R dot O-R-G. Let the word of Christ dwell richly in you. Amen. Amen.